Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, November 16, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The first thing we do is take a look at the daily chart, see if anything's jumping off the page at us. The next thing is, and here's a little intermission, the audio in today's video should be fixed from yesterday. It should no longer sound like I'm in the John at a stadium. Back to the daily chart. So what they've done today is pushed on the former high. The former number is... 270.65, that's the high from the 5th of November, just a few days ago. Today, the high is 470.49. Now, they didn't bust through the high, they didn't get to the high, that doesn't mean they won't tomorrow. However, when we look at the shorter-term stuff, you'll see that the close today was the exact opposite of the close yesterday. So yesterday's close, they jammed them up real quick in the last couple of minutes of trading to get back over the gap, if you remember. Now today, they sold them off into the close just a little bit, but is that a tell for more of a decline or south side action on Wednesday? Now, the reality is, is the market's not really getting very far, but we can't necessarily unsee this bearish wedgish pattern that still exists. Until they get above and close above the former high, technically, that's still intact. A couple of other things on the table in terms of price, time, and what's going on for the rest of the week and beyond. Remember, We're going to have one of those tinfoil hat events on Friday. So the market can certainly trade up into Friday, and it doesn't have to be every single day. They could pull back a little bit tomorrow, trade up Thursday and Friday, and that really counts as trading up into an event to a specific price. We don't need to know the price. Time is more important than price anyway. Let's say they're trading up. They're likely making a new high at the time, so they've made a new high, they trade up into the end of the week, options expiration week, into the lunar event, and then according to that particular schematic, we should see a turn either on Friday or Monday. Maybe it's not Monday, maybe it's Tuesday, but if they continue trading up through Friday, then into Monday, then into Tuesday, then the lunar event was a non-event. It's not something that we have to anticipate or put a trade on in front of. We're aware of it. It's not a technical thing we trade with. It's a guideline. It's information that we can use coupled with other information like, hey, is the market trading up or down into this thing? Well, if the market trades down for the next three days, for example, well, then guess what? Then it will be trading down into that same tinfoil hat event. From that standpoint, we're just going to play it by ear and we're going to see what the market is doing up into and around that time. If I'm looking at a 240-minute chart, what's the first thing that jumps off the page at me? Not the fact that they've been riding the 20-period moving average, they're above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend, all that stuff. That's not it. For me, this is it. So here's a breakdown candle and the high is 469.57. They closed above that high in this candle ending at 1.30 p.m. this afternoon. Now, they pulled back a little bit since then, but that's generally speaking one of those flares up in the air saying, hey, we're giving you the tip-off. We're probably going higher. 
We're closing above the breakdown candle high so that you know. Maybe they run sideways for a few candles to eat some time off the clock and then push higher again. That's completely in the whole schematic of what we just talked about. Or maybe you wake up on Wednesday and they're already jamming them up higher into no man's land. 120 chart, do we get the same type of confirmation like we just saw on the 240 chart? Did the same thing happen? And the answer is yes. Here's your breakdown candle. Here's this candle. The close, this is ending 11.30 a.m. today. The close is 469.74 above the high of that breakdown candle. For me, that's somewhat of the flare up in the air. What takes all this off the table? Getting below the low of this breakup candle. What's that number? How about 467.07? We'll call it 467. 467 is our bogey going forward. Any new information not seen on the 120 or 240 on the hourly chart? And the answer is no. The trend is your friend until she throws your crap out the window. What's going on inside the numbers today? We'll first check in with the early thoughts. We'll scroll up through the rest of the commentary. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. And of course, we'll look at the good, the bad, and the fugly. It's turnaround Tuesday. At the time, they were still in that bearish formation, the potential ABC pattern until they're not. The question is, how do you know they're not? Well, we have resistance numbers up north, and if they start getting through the resistance numbers, the whole ABC thing goes out the window, at least on a temporary basis. You have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes. When the information on the charts change, you need to change the analysis to go along with what the charts are providing in the term of feedback to us. 467.75 is important and some overhead resistance like yesterday. If they can screw their way up, the next spot would be 468.75. Five-minute chart right of the vertical, and you can see this routine here. 467.75 is some overhead resistance. They got right up there, immediately closed in the first five-minute candle above, and went right to the next spot, 468.75. That was cited yesterday. That was the overhead resistance, and it did prevent price from going higher for a while. And then what happened? When they went back for the retest, they went through. See how they ate some time off the clock, built some energy, made the next move higher. The rest is history. They kept going up. They got to the big fat round numbers, 470 in the SPY and ES, 4700, and then some in the ES or the futures contract. We had bogeys down south just in case we needed them. We didn't need them, but you have to have both sides of the tape showing up for work each and every day, in uniform, ready to go. Let's see what else we have. Nothing really doing pre-market. Adjusting the number up slightly, not a lot, only a few pennies. They're banging into an important spot, which is the gateway to an attempt at the highs and possibly higher. So that's what was happening. That's what was said was happening. That's what did happen. So we have the awareness of where the numbers are that are important, that A, they have to get to, and B, they're not going to just waltz right through like it's whistling past the graveyard. 468.81 was that key, and it was just slightly pennies above the number cited earlier. They did all the higher stuff. We don't need to worry about it. What I'm going to do, since it was another floater type of day in a very quiet, light volume type of tape, is scroll up. Let you read the notes. Go back to the charts. Double check the work. 
see what you can learn from the commentary each and every day. Today was a quiet day. There wasn't a lot going on in the S&P. But that doesn't mean we didn't have some stocks on the move. We try to have something for everybody. Some stuff moved in the pre-market in the opposite direction that it was earlier. So a couple were never going to happen. We're going to take a look at NCLH, AZN, and SoFi. The others didn't hit their numbers. They're off the board. Norwegian Cruise Line. It creeped into the number, bounced around. That was obviously the number today. They just didn't provide the movement or the price action that is married to a typical trade that we like to take. However, the takeaway is the numbers worked. The price level worked anyway. It's just not ideal for trading purposes. Mrs. Market always doesn't give us exactly what we want each and every time. Sometimes she'll come straight in and then provide the rocket ride. Other times, it's a creep fest. Today, for Norwegian, it was a creep fest. About AstraZeneca, not exactly a ball of lightning in terms of price action, but slow as she goes, steady as she goes, she came into the number, she turned around, she went back in the other direction. There's your base hit, maybe a stand-up double, whatever you wanted. Guess what? Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. And the numbers work. SoFi, you can see here, did a little Macarena in front of the number on the 1050 candle. This is a five-minute chart. The low is 21.44, and then what was the low in the next candle? Oh, how about 21.42, and then she went back in the other direction. Again, maybe it kept some traders away because of the Macarena. The point is, the numbers work. You can see that as evidence on the price action and the charts each and every day. Not everything's going to work, not all the time. Nobody can win every trade, but... If you can win a large majority of the trades using the 80-20 rule in that neighborhood and you're satisfied with base hits and doubles with the acceptance that every now and again you're going to triple or a home run or even a grand salami, then take into an account that time is more important than price, compounding takes over, and then you start making your reservations for the hotel for your Hall of Fame speech. What have we got in terms of the IWM? So the IWM was up a little bit today, about half the amount that the SPY was up. You know this is my favorite market leading indicator, so not that it's all that much because we're talking about two-tenths of a percent, but I never can unsee that each and every day. So when I see it leading or lagging, it's in the back of my mind, it's of note, it's not necessarily a big puzzle piece tonight, but it's still of note, it's on a sticky note, it's on the side. I also can't help but notice what's going on with the IWM. It's a little more pronounced in the IWM than some other stuff. Here's a bearish, flaggish kind of thing. It's a wedgish kind of thing. Call it whatever you want. Another day or so of this. And what's it setting up to do? It's setting up for another move lower. Into what? Into at least, if not below, the 20-period moving average on the daily chart. The longer it goes sideways in a chop shop formation, creating that bearish wedgish thing, the lower it can ultimately get when it releases the energy out of that pattern. That's the way it works. And then, if you've taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, you can apply symmetry. You go to the module on symmetry, and you start looking at that, and you say, well, I can also predict about where the market will find some kind of support slash stability and can i match that up with the other stuff 
creating what we like to call a full stack. That's the IWM. And by the way, what's 234.53? It's the breakout number. It's near the breakup candle low. It's near the 20-period moving average. It's above where symmetry would take price if this played out, but that's okay. Let them spike below it, and we'll see if they bounce back up, and that was a retest, or do they fail and get back below the previous high? And in case you're wondering what I'm talking about, this is the previous high. could be this one also. So somewhere in here, the make it or break it at this point obviously would be the moving averages on the weekly chart, but look at this big breakup candle on the weekly. The low is 228.89. You close a week below that, and we start talking Irene. What about the XLF, the financials? Again, we're still riding underneath the 20-period moving average. This is not bullish. This is bearish. This is the way it works. It's just not ready to come down yet and release the energy out of this bearish, wedgish, underneath 20-moving average-ish pattern. Get back above it and start trading above the high of the 15th, which is $40.36, and they'll probably be floating up to run a test either at or near the old highs. Look at this 240 chart. She's preparing for something. You've got the 50-period moving average converging with the 20-period moving average. Now, they haven't converged yet. It's going to take another day or so. Once they do, likely we're going to get price movement in one direction or another. This is an example of time will run out. Now, it doesn't mean the market has to move, but expect under normal garden variety conditions, once these moving averages start to cross, expect the XLF to take off in one direction or the other. Now, check this out. On the 120-minute chart, same routine. They're below what now is converging, not yet converged, but the same 20 and 50-period moving average. You have the 100 sloping up. So if this all of a sudden breaks below all three moving averages, that's not going to be a bullish signal. That's going to be a bearish signal. This is why we watch a multitude of different charts. You never know exactly which chart is going to tell the tale that might give you the specific edge that you need either to enter a trade, exit a trade, stay away from something, whatever it is, you never know which chart is going to give you the ultimate answer. The folks down at the transportation department, I know I went out of order tonight. I was on the wrong thing where I was clicking on stuff. So when I clicked on the XLF, I just went with it. We're still not using this. It's still skewed. We're better off with the IYT, which is the exchange-traded fund that tracks the transports. So what do we have here? Well, we have a bearish thing going on. Same routine that we just talked about in the other chart. Look at this. This is a bearish, flaggish, wedgish kind of thing. Until and unless they start doing this, then this is off the table. But if they keep doing this, then the 80-20 rule says what's going to happen next is this. The big picture stuff is they're at double top. They're running a test or have run a test of double top. Now, now they can just eat some time off the clock, run sideways for a while. That would tell us they're going to bust up through the old highs and keep going. But if there's going to be a rejection, what we're going to really use from a longer-term perspective is the most recent breakup candle low, 270.13. We'll use 270 for rounding purposes. You start getting below 270 in the IYT, and there's trouble in paradise. And that would be based on a weekly close. 
Checking back in the daily chart, you can see the 20-period moving average here, 273. Slightly below that is the big fat round number. And there's stuff in here. This is where the market had to spend a few days deciding to break back up to the upside. It's a big fat round number. It's a breakup candle low. If you found the IYT on a straight shot, like in short order, down around 270, that should be garden variety of chart support under normal conditions. Using the 80-20 rule, if they paid a visit sooner than later to 270, you're going to get a bounce from 270 for all those reasons. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley, the Q people? So they're in one of these bearish, wedgish kind of things, but they're trying to break to the upside. But what's up? Up is another breakdown candle high and then the former highs. So we'll see what the next couple of days bring. If we're getting a lot of excitement in the market and the S&P's making new highs, don't expect the Qs to be going in the other direction. They're probably going to beat on the former highs as well. Around 400, maybe slightly above. It's magnetic. It's a big fat round number. All that stuff. Remember this, and you kind of pack this away for later. The market's always going to be doing the thing that wants to lead you to believe it's not going to do the other thing. What do I mean by that? Well, if the market's going up, momentum traders hop on board here. All of a sudden, you start to go down. Johnny-come-latelys get out. They think they caught the wrong trade. This is a pullback. So what they're doing is they run up, they pull back. Maybe it's an ABC. Maybe it's a bull flag pattern, whatever. And then all of a sudden, they shake out the Johnny-come-latelys, and then they go up again. Markets ebb and flow. So on the way up, they want you to believe they're going to keep going. All of a sudden, they stop, they start to come down, they want traders to believe the rally's over, and now they're going to come all the way back down just at the point in which they turn around and go back up again. That's what I mean by currently, the market is in the process of doing the thing to make you believe it's not going to do the other thing. It sounds like I'm bonkers when I say that, and I am, but if you just stop and think about it, it's the fake-out rule. The market is designed to make traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. Period. Full stop. We did the XLF, so now we skip over to the SMH, also known as Smash Mouth. Up day, maybe it's a tell. They're beating on the highs. Technically, there's nothing wrong with this in an uptrend. However, again, extended far away from home base, so that's a conflict. They're beating on the former highs. If they want to go higher, they're going to bust out higher and they'll get farther away from home base, so they likely won't get too far. 305, 307, 310. Can they get much farther than that? Probably not without pulling back toward home base or allowing home base to creep up to price. The big picture, this is a breakout. Even on the weekly chart, they're getting far away from home base. Once they get too far, whenever that is. Now, we don't know when that is, but the market knows when that is. When is that? When you see the sign and or signal of a trend change. First, they start on shorter term charts, and then they morph onto longer term charts. That gives you something to trade against, so you know where you're wrong. If you have to be wrong, it's small and fast. I had a request just as I was starting the video to do a little bit of gold tonight. I'm going to focus on the weekly chart, and I'm going to simply give you my longer-term view, which hasn't changed. It's in a long-term uptrend. Now on this chart, you can see what happened with the moving averages. 
we have a convergence, we have a break above the moving averages, now we've closed two weeks above the moving averages in a row, if they continue that trend, this will be the third week above the moving averages, you have a breakdown candle high, 175.06, once they can break above that, you'll be running a test of around 180, and then it goes on from there. This is a long-term uptrend in gold. It's a long-term bull market in gold. There's nothing wrong with gold from a long-term chart. Here's the monthly chart, and here's the example. You have a big run-up, and then all of a sudden, you have what? A bull flag pattern, a bull wedge pattern, a pullback pattern. Call it whatever you want. And by the way, what's that 162.15? That's where the lazy swing trader folks entered gold. I believe we entered it on this day, on the 28th of September. No intention of selling anytime soon. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.